We hear constantly how digital is changing everything in business for organizations of all sizes. So what trends are driving the evolution of the supply chain and driving success for the best supply chains in the world? Hi, I'm Scott Smith for Gartner ThinkCast, and we've got Gartner Research Vice President Stan Aronow back on the line. Stan leads the annual Gartner Supply Chain Top 25 rankings, which we broke down in another Gartner ThinkCast discussion with Stan. Right now, we want to look at the trends driving supply chain performance. So Stan, first of all, welcome back. Are there certain trends that you see impacting the supply chain leaders across the board? Sure. Usually what we'll do is we look at these top companies and distill down three big mega trends that we're seeing across them. One of them, of course, no big surprise, I've been kind of alluding to it, is digitalization of supply chain. For those who are familiar with Gartner's research, we have hype cycles, and on the chief supply chain officer hype cycle, digital is uh, right near the peak of hype right now. There's lots of good stuff going on, though, right? And some of the most disruptive and impactful technologies that we see, for instance, are using like Internet of Things types of sensors and cloud computing and advanced analytics in factory environments to get to better quality, better, more efficient use of equipment in the factory, more adaptive capabilities. And we're also seeing the interesting simulation and optimization capabilities that are moving into the mainstream. And now moving on to cognitive computing capabilities where you can use machine learning to improve not only what's running through your factory, but to come up with a smarter plan based on kind of mining through all of the data that you're getting out from your customer base. So upstream supply chain work through how to adaptively support that as well. There's a whole set of innovations that we would put under this umbrella. So I have already mentioned you know, robotics, but there's also a bunch of remote guided vehicles that you'd see moving materials around in factories. Lots of use of virtual and particularly augmented reality for maintenance of equipment, both in warehouses and in factories. 3D printing for spare parts. And there's also interesting cross-sharing platforms, right? When I go on vacation nowadays, a lot of times we like to stay at houses, so we'll use Airbnb. There are companies that have sprung up that are very similar to that, that help share warehouse space or you know have an Uber-like type of business model for last-mile delivery services. So those are some interesting innovations that we put under digital as well. Last thing I'd say in this space is there's particularly companies in high-tech and industrial that have built lights-out types of manufacturing capability. So they've strung a lot of this together where you can go from start to finish in terms of the materials, the work and process moving around, the quality management being kind of employed in real time, and it's sequenced through to the delivery of finished goods to the warehouse at the back end of the factory. It's pretty amazing. You know, so you'd see companies like Intel, who's on our list, they do that. Western Digital, not on the top global list, but they were an honorable mention. They've got this level of automation. And then a lot of the other industrials that I was talking about before, like a BMW, Schneider, Cummins, and GE, they've also created a lot of automation in the manufacturing space. One of the companies uh, that I just mentioned, they're using artificial intelligence to run their factory robots. An interesting thing that they do is their system detects quality issues with product flowing through their assembly line. And in some cases, it can actually correct it. You know, you'd imagine if it's going steps one through 10, it might say, oh, we have a problem at step two. And they have the ability to actually correct it at step five further down the line. 
so that at the end of the line, a perfect, acceptable product is coming out. They've also got embedded sensors to track the performance of the equipment, and they've got machine learning algorithms used to drive continuous productivity improvements over time and how they run themselves. And then in a completely different industry, you've got companies like, say, PepsiCo that are getting great shelf visibility with the retail partners. So they're able to do things like monitor cold cases that have their beverages out in the field in thousands and you know, ultimately it's going to be millions of locations. This is the kind of capability where you could snap a picture of what's going on inside the case, know whether or not you actually have the product in there that's supposed to be where it's supposed to be. You can do replenishment. You can also monitor the uh, environmental conditions to see whether or not there's a problem, and you might actually need to have some maintenance done for the customer so that the product is saleable and there's no disruption. So lots of cool stuff in digital. Another trend that's very interrelated with that is around just kind of adaptive capabilities for organizations. I think a lot of companies, they've realized we can get better at things like demand sensing and shaping and being able to anticipate what's coming at us, but ultimately, there's always going to be some sort of thing that we didn't expect. So we need to be adaptive on the supply side. This even extends to capabilities where you've got organizations like Cisco, they're creating modular supply chain service models where they have variants of different functional capabilities that they can kind of pull together in a plug-and-play type of segment, almost like Lego blocks and use that to run the way their supply chain operates for different customers or different business units. It's pretty amazing stuff. Also seeing a lot of agile type techniques that of course, you know, very popular in the software development world, but now seeing that come into play in both product development and then also the development of supply chain capabilities over time. We're seeing a lot of companies manage innovation in a much more kind of Silicon Valley type of way. You've got venture capital budgets and governance. You've got hackathons to create better ways of running the operations. And you've got sort of self-identified innovators rethinking how they run the business. So remarkable changes in this space. You know, examples that I would point to as far as companies that are adaptive beyond like the example of, of Cisco 3M, they do things like rapid prototyping of high-value production equipment parts like dyes and molds pretty much in real time based on what they need. And they have a 3D printer on site, and that's reducing their need for inventory, and it's allowing them to shift production to meet real demand a lot more quickly. And then, of course, you've got Amazon, right? They're one of the most innovative companies out there. All sorts of sophistication in their warehouse automation, you know, spreading the ability to do same-day delivery within their markets, click and collect, all sorts of different options that they have. I think there's probably a new patent file daily by them for how they deliver. The third major trend that uh, we point to is around developing and fostering healthy ecosystems. And we're putting a lot under that umbrella. One of the things that goes under there certainly is supply chain talent. And people are realizing in supply chain that it's about two things. One is it's about bringing the right folks on board. There are a lot of new skills that are required to run supply chain. These digital capabilities that I've been spending a lot of time talking about don't just happen on their own. There's new skills that are required to do the analysis, the programming, 
and sort of the translators to adapt it to business needs. So there's engagement with leading universities to bring in the new talent, and there's also the upscaling and kind of rotational opportunities that are being given to existing employees to make that happen. Some companies, like I would point to Nestle, they're getting very creative in internally crowdsourcing new ideas. They created this new smartphone app that allows any employee just out on a normal shopping trip to get a view of the availability and the freshness of the products that are in any of the stores. And then they send that back via the cloud on this app for tracking, and that's helping them get to a better product ultimately and better support for their customers. Other aspects of ecosystem, certainly I mentioned sustainability. We've got that as a measure in our methodology, but there's a lot of focus that companies are putting on environmental sustainability, and it's really ramped up in the last several years. So there's a lot of ambitious stewardship goals that we're seeing in the area of things like emissions, water, other natural resources like forestry, because a lot of these products either have a lot of packaging or the product itself might be paper-based. There's more supply chains that are focusing on outcomes like eliminating hazardous waste from the factory and making their material supply chains more circular. I'd say high-tech and consumer products companies are probably furthest along in that regard as far as making a circular supply chain, but it's also coming up with chemical and industrial manufacturers. And then the last part of the ecosystems that I would point to is just the fact that companies are realizing that in order to deliver kind of a holistic customer solution, they really need to work through an ecosystem of external partners. I gave that example of McDonald's. They're you know, very good at working with a whole host of partners to deliver ultimately to customers in all of their stores, the franchise stores that are out there. But we also see a lot of this in high tech as well, you know, delivering solutions like the cold case solution actually that I gave you the example of with Pepsi. That's something that you might have five or six different specialists coming in to provide their own value add for that type of solution. So those are the three big ones. You know, again, it's digitalization of supply chain. It's around having an adaptive organization and capabilities, and it's around developing and fostering healthy ecosystems and supply chain. Stan, thank you very much. Gartner Research Vice President Stan Aronow is the lead author of the annual Gartner Supply Chain Top 25. Learn more in the free research note, the Gartner Supply Chain Top 25 for 2017, which you'll find on Gartner.com. And check out our companion discussion with Stan here on Gartner ThinkCast about the 2017 Gartner Supply Chain Top 25 rankings. You'll find that and other insightful discussions at Gartner.com slash podcasts. And make sure to join the Gartner webinars at Gartner.com slash webinars. For Gartner ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.